to the MM Search Rules of Leadership podcast. Each week, we'll be bringing you an inspiring guest who are all leaders in their own right. They'll talk about their career and journey to date, their inspirations and motivations, and most importantly, the secrets to their success. Hello and welcome to another edition of the MM Search Rules of Leadership podcast with me, Ken Morris. This morning we are joined by Jennifer Finn, Managing Director of AC White and Co. Very warm welcome, Jennifer. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Ken. No, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So I think what we wanted to do today was have a conversation uh, through the, the Rules of Leadership and have just a, a kind of conversation about your career, big breaks, um, how you've how you've got to to where you are. Um, so I think probably starting off, Jennifer has had a had a career in an early part of her career within marketing communications, and now um, as the managing director, been at AC White for for a for a decade. Uh, you probably don't want me reminding how long you've been uh, there, Jennifer. Well, <laughs> we're ten years next month. <laughs> Um, for those that don't know, AC White are a, a quality-focused um, main contractor within the refurbishment of um, occupied social housing. Do a lot of work with local authorities and housing associations across Scotland um, and the UK. So, Jennifer, just just to kick in, then. So, so in terms of where you're at just now with AC White, where was your where did your career uh, really? What was the big break for you? Where did it kind of start for you? Hmm, where did it start? I mean, like you said, um, when I left university, I went into advertising. So I worked for um, a few different advertising agencies early on in my career. Um, And it was when I was at uni, I did a kind of general business management degree because I didn't really know what area that I wanted to get in. I just knew that I had an interest in business. Um, And I kind of fell into the, the advertising thing. You know, it was it was kind of one of these, oh, you know, what direction am I going to go in? I read a job advert and thought, actually, that that ticks a lot of boxes for me. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I loved being in that creative environment. It was a, it was a tough start to my career, but it was, you know, I learned so much through the time. And, you know, it's um, dealing with clients, you know, you, you develop in that kind of context, you develop a very thick skin, which is, I think, <laughs> served me well in my career. Um, and just, yeah, understanding the pre- creative process right from an initial client problem that it normally starts as, you know, something that they're having to deal with. Um, and then being able to, you know, really understand that client, take that information back and then work with the creative team to develop an appropriate solution for that. I think, again, even that process, you know, learning that process has, has been really really beneficial um, and yeah I love my time there um, so I worked for a few different agencies and um, the the one that I was with just prior to, to joining AC White was Publicis um, who were based in London um, but I was work, working up here so it was a kind of remote role um, which was challenging because I was the only when I started I was the only person they had in Scotland so um, I was working with very you know heavily involved with the client um, and it was a it was a completely new structure that they were working with, so I had to learn that. And you know, it was a, a high pressure, you know, challenging role, I would say. Um, but again, I learned a lot through that period, and I was just at the point where 
I kind of needed to move on from it. I kind of gave it absolutely everything I had um, at that point and, and just needed a change, needed to do something different. And it was it was just a moment in time. My dad phoned me. I was up in Aberdeen with a client and he said, look, our commercial manager's leaving the business. Do you fancy joining us? And there had been no real you know, serious conversation around that, although I knew it was always an option. I kind of wanted to go off and do my own thing. Um, but just this very day, I thought, okay, this could be the right time. So so we did it and, and I've never looked back. Fantastic. I love how they kind of, you know, from a creative environment, listening to clients, working with them, and then a kind of genuine interest for business, as you said there, uh, can can lead into, you know, to into, into new paths like that. And how, how much of that do you feel um, in your day, your role now today as managing director in a completely different business sector, you know, not related to that. How much of that creativity and kind of business interest piece, working with the clients, the autonomous piece, how much of that do you do you reward or do associate with the success to date? I think creativity is really important in business. Um, and I think the last year has really proven that, kind of tested that. Um, you know, you have to be adaptive. You know, there's, there's only so much in life and business that you can control. There's a lot of it that you have to respond to um, in various different ways. And I think, yeah, that process of, you know, kind of breaking it all down and understanding, you know, what's the problem and how do we develop that into a solution? You know, th- these are kind of critical skills that I probably, um, you know, have learned, you know, by default through my career rather than as a kind of conscious effort of that's something that I need to be a leader, but actually it, it, it does really serve you well. Okay, thanks. And um, in terms of wh- where you are just now, um, and, and I suppose in particular reference with 2020, um, COVID, pandemic, etc. How how do you think, how has that impacted you personally and professionally, taking all of these attributes you've talked about there, uh, how has that impacted you through the through this period? It's um I think being a leader through COVID, managing a business through COVID has been really quite uh, an amazing experience, actually, which I know is a really weird term to use, you know, in amongst a global pandemic. And obviously you would never wish um for all the horrendous things that have come came along with that. But you know, looking to the positives, I think it it really stress tested our business, our team, individuals within that. You know, we, we were able to identify more clearly where the, the gaps were, what we had to work on either individually or as I say, as a team and as a business and really spend the time to focus on these things. I mean, like all businesses, you were, we were, well, but like most businesses, I should say, we were hit financially and, you know, we had periods where, you know, we had to, to close the business, you know, initially and then kind of in the winter months as well. But what we've gained as an organisation from a, a kind of, you know, talk about organisational health, you know, our communication, employee morale, you know, focusing on these things that sometimes get lost in amongst all the, the biz of day to day. Um, we really have come out in a, a far stronger position. And I think I'm probably clearer now on the direction of travel for the business, um, where my value is as a leader, and and yeah, what we need to do to, to move into the future. So all in all, I'm, I'm actually in quite a positive headspace now, um, although it has been challenging, but we've, we've made it through. It's interesting to you say amazing experience. And I know, obviously, caveat that with the kind of, you know, the hardship and, and everything that uh, you know, a lot of businesses haven't managed to come through. And obviously there's, you know, been loss of life, et cetera. 
Yeah, which is which is uh, devastating. But I think to hear you describe it as an amazing experience is brilliant, you know, because they're, you know, running a business, the normal status quo, some people find very easy, some people find very difficult. But for people that are in leadership positions, you would think that that's their, you know, their chosen sort of uh, chosen topic and they're, and they're great at it. But then when you look at something like 2020 and the pandemic, what it's thrown, there's lots of different levers that you learn to kind of push and pull uh, to do it. And as you said, kind of stress testing the business and the team and hit financially. There's a lot of other aspects to kind of think about uh, that you wouldn't ordinarily have done just, you know, and, and wouldn't have been exposed to um, if, it, if it were just normal, normal run of the mill. Exactly. And even just on a very basic level, it's made me realise how much I love my job, how much I love what I do how much I need it, actually, what I get from it. I think, you know, last year was a really challenging year, although, as I say, you know, the experience overall, I was kind of grateful for in a way, purely from that, you know, what it put me through within that role rather than the wider impact, of course. But, um, you know, to come out of that and be able to look back and reflect, yeah, I've learned, I've learned loads and I, and I feel I'm a better person for it, actually. And in terms of the business, AC White, in terms of the, the performance and how you've come through it, you mentioned there obviously parts of where you closed had to close it and financially that a strain, um, and then obviously stress testing the business and the team. How, how are you feel how are you faring now having come through that? Yeah, I mean we're we're looking to the future now. Um, I think we you know we're all feeling a, a sense of optimism, I would say, about you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. We're trying to capitalise on that and, and, you know, put that momentum back into the business and really focusing on on where we are going forward and what we need to do as a business. And as I say, I think we're even we're clearer now about, you know, our place within the industry and, you know, what those plans need to be going forward and what, what the, the industry and, and our clients are needing from us. Great. I'm delighted to hear that you, you've got such a positive outlook on it and the businesses come through it. And, and as you said, now you're looking to the to the future, which is great. Yeah. To, to move on and talk a bit about more about you, about your leadership style, um, I think that that's that would be I would be interested to just understand uh, a little bit about your leadership style, what what that what that is, and any suppose any mindset leadership mindset that you might have. Yeah, I think it's um, it's an area that I find fascinating. Um, because of my own journey, because of what I've learned and, and what I see in others as well. I think when I started out in this role in particular, because I, you know, I, I joined the business in that commercial management role, naturally I was kind of involved in, in lots of different things. But when I took on the role of MD, um, in two, just at the end of 2015, I think, and this is my nature as well, I really overanalyzed every aspect of, of what that role meant, of how I was going to how I was going to take on that role and I guess the challenge as well of me taking over from my dad and having known intimately how he he did the role how he approached it you know what the business um needed from him and I guess me feeling that I had to step in and fill that void that he'd left and I had to you know provide consistency and 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 show them that you know things weren't going to change drastically that I was able to kind of you know kind of continue in the same vein almost to give them comfort um, you know, I overanalyzed, you know, how I would be speaking to people, how I would dress. I mean, really, really down to granular detail, which which didn't serve me well, if I'm honest. And as I've developed through the years, I've learned that you just have to be yourself. 
you know, there's there's no real book, book, although there are lots of books on leadership, I think you have to take it all um, with a bit of a pinch of salt and really find your own comfort zone with it um, and not take yourself out of it because that for me is what makes a really great leader is that they are genuine and, and authentic with what they're doing, that people trust that. And I think you can only really be consistent when it is coming from you. Um, and I've seen lots of really great leaders who are all completely different and diverse and, you know, approach it in a very different way. I think there's principles within that that you would say there's commonality there, which is important, but it has to be real. Um, and I think for me as well, what I've learned is that, you know, there's no one style that fits all scenarios and that fits all individuals. Um, I almost kind of look at it as, you know, I've tried to develop a kind of suite of approaches um, so that I know that, you know, in different situations I can kind of call upon or, or you know, adapt within those those different approaches for, for what's going to be, get the best outcome. Yeah, no, that's great. And you mentioned the analytical approach and then obviously, you know, something that happens with, with kind of that family approach and family business side when you step into the shoes of another family member. I mean, you you know, that analytical approach, was that your dad's approach? Was that, was that uh, or was that something new that you brought to it? Yeah, I think we we are, you know, me and my dad are we're very similar in a lot of ways, but actually doing this role, I've realised that we're also very different in a lot of ways as well. And that's the part that I wanted to really bring through was, you know, to be able to to build on that with the, you know, the different, whether that be skill set or capabilities that I have. Yes, we are very analytical by nature. <laughs> I would say that, you know, we are very kind of thorough, detail-oriented people. But I've kind of watching him in the role and now experience it myself. I understand how that can work against you um, in this type of position as well. And where you know at the time where he you know he grew the business grew you know with him and, and he experienced it at various different sizes. And naturally within that you know more gets kind of added on and added on. And he was in a position where he was central to everything. You know every decision you know real you know top level decision got run past him you know any new procedure he was involved in and and you get to a size where that's unsustainable and you need a different approach and it probably just came at the right time um, when I took over that I recognized that the business was going to need something different from me going forward that being involved in all of that was not going to serve myself or the business well and I had to kind of you know, work on a plan to kind of extract myself from the day-to-day so that I could focus on leading the business um, to the future. It's really interesting describing the, you know, the traditional family business kind of piece when you come into that. A, a lot of businesses that we work with are family business and, yeah. you know, second, third, fourth generation. And it's interesting when, you know, we get to know the leaders in, in, in these businesses and they open up to that and think actually the pressure on you as a, as a, as a leader is, is potentially increased a bit because you've got the weight of the family there thinking right, it's my turn to to look after the business to take it in a direction what's the first thing I don't want to mess it up uh, but then you want to make an impact you want to make it you know is it, is it you know what happened to the business under my tenure did it did it go to uh, did it go to new heights did we expand it so and I think what you touched on there in terms of your dad being involved in every single aspect is really you know, as a, as a common story again, and then somebody coming through saying, well, I've got new ways of leadership. I want to, I don't want to be involved in absolutely everything because to get to a size and scale, yeah, I just, I can't be, you know, what you'd be working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So 
it's really interesting to that I always find that that the family business versus the kind of listed PLC or private equity backed uh, business is a really interesting um, set, extra set of expectations, I suppose, on the leader's shoulders. Yeah, it is, and I'm obviously I, I I've never experienced anything different, so so I can't compare it. I've only known what I've known here. But I remember, you know, talking to people at the time and they said, but yeah, but you're, you're, you're taking over a successful business. You know, it's you know, got all this history. It's got a good reputation already. And I remember thinking, yeah, that's all fine and well, but it is successful and I can't break it. You know, this is like, <laughs> you know, this is my dad's baby and I, I need to make sure that, you know, it continues to be a success, which, you know, felt quite daunting at the time. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you, you, you relax into that, but you don't underestimate the the pressure that comes, I think, with um, with that history and, um, and and your part and your legacy and what you want to to add to it. I suppose if you think back to the early part in your career with the creative environment and, you know, the remote role being autonomous, you've probably had a lot of that pressure on you anyway. But then I suppose when, just when you say there, you've not had any, you've not had it any, any other way. So um, but I suppose that was probably um, ingrained anyway. So. But in terms of the leadership side of it, you know, in terms of the habits side of leadership, do you have, you mentioned there you're obviously, you know, very, very analytical. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any kind of um, real habits that, you, that you'd be happy to share in terms of, you know, your 5 a.m. riser, you're part of the 5 a.m. club, do you, you know, are you obsessed with exercise? Kind of, is there anything there you've got that, that is your, uh, that your, your real leadership habits? Um. I mean, there's things that I do. I'm not sure that it would be helpful to, to anyone else, but um, I guess, you know, one aspect, I've got two young children. Um, so, you know, there's only so much in my life I can control. A lot of it is, is dictated by then, if I'm honest. Um, so I've got a three-year-old and a six-year-old now um, who it was just after I had my first child that I took on the MD role and had my second child whilst I was in the position. Um, so that obviously posed its challenges as well. Um, but it it also taught me a lot. And I think it, you know, it, you have to prioritise your life outside of work as well. You have to understand how your personal life and your business life support each other, that you need both to function well to be a success. Um, and I think, you know, in, in COVID as well, I think that's that's really taught me a lot about myself from a resilience perspective, you know, what I need to keep myself in a good place, um, because I can't, I can't do my job well if I'm not in that good place. Um, and I think probably earlier in my career, you know, I, I was perhaps a bit naive and I just thought, well, if I if I just work really hard and I just throw everything at it that's that's what you do that's that's how you that's how you become a success but you know I've realized that you need to keep yourself in a good place and avoid burnout and avoid all the pitfalls that can come with certain I think of your own personality traits when taken too far you know how can they how they can serve to work against you so yeah there are things like exercise and sleep's very important to me you know having regular meals all the kind of these really basic things that I've just learned I need to to be happy and positive and um, deal with all the other stuff that goes on. I think anybody with a three and a six-year-old would probably agree that regular meals and a bit of sleep would be would be absolutely at the top of their priority list. But throw into that the fact of running a growing and successful business uh, and a family business at that, then that that yeah, that would certainly uh, be high up the list of priorities. I would think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
in, in terms of what makes a good leader, and either from I suppose now maybe you know, you know, having worked in the business when your dad was at the helm of it, um, or or previous business leaders that you've worked under in in the past, what what are the are there any key things that stick out in your mind as good characteristics, good tra- traits of good leaders? Yeah. I mean, I would say it really is some of the basics. Um, A lot of it for me is about about people. Um, It's about, you know, caring, I would say. Um, And I think, you know, sometimes that can be one of the the lovely things about working in a family business is the care that everyone has for for the business. And, you know, we talk about it being a family business, but that's not just my family. It's the family that we've that we've grown and developed here and that have been with the business for a very, very long time, you know, they really do care and take so much pride in what they do and what we are and, and what that means. Um, so I think that's certainly certainly one thing. And yeah, the, the, the people are so important. I think understanding people, um, taking the time to to notice, to to pay attention to things, to listen, like really listen to to what's going on. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think that's the basics, and I think that's what makes a, a good leader is to be able to to understand, take in all of that, and then decide what needs to be done um, to to further develop people or business. Um, one of the things that we're really passionate about is creating opportunity for people. So. You know, we, we want people who, who want to work here, who are happy to work here, and hopefully will be with the business a long time. But that's not a one-sided thing. I think we have to we have to create the right environment for them to thrive, to provide opportunities for them to grow and develop. So, you know, I take that responsibility seriously as well, that it's a, you know, it's a, it's a two-way street. Absolutely. I think there's a lot to be said for the basic, doing the basics, you know, really well. And a lot of what you're talking about there. Um, it's, it's very, very, it reminds me of the, the conscious leadership style of approach that um, mm-hmm. Bob Chapman, who's a, um, somebody that we got to meet uh, through the Entrepreneurial Scotland's uh, Saltire Scholarship, um, uh, the Saltire course, they, yeah. uh, Bob Chapman talks about conscious leadership and talks about he's got that responsibility of looking after, I think he owns a number of companies and he's got about 8,000 employees in his in his businesses and he talks about that as always that's somebody's husband wife daughter brother and and he talks about doing exactly that the basics really well caring about people and thinking about what what you can do for them rather than just thinking they're there to perform a function in, in, as in in the cog you know of of, uh, of your business so no it's a really good and refreshing approach as well because i think that that kind of old-fashioned uh, hair dryer approach of, uh, of leadership is long gone it is and it, uh, yeah if you look after your people then they'll look after the business I think and um you know we're nothing without our people yeah the, the business is the people so yeah no it really is at the at the heart of everything and um one of the things that we did last year so you know within all the, the chaos of COVID was took time to really really reach out to and communicate with and make sure that people were doing okay through the, that through the the lockdown period which I think they appreciated um we we actually employed a head of HR during that period as well because we became aware that it, it was a gap in the business and that you know whilst we always talk about looking after our people we really had to to kind of commit and invest 
in that area. Um, so that's made a massive difference as well. Um, and we, you know, one of the first things she did was uh, an employee survey. Um, just on the back of, of coming back to work about how people were feeling, how their morale was, how they felt they were communicated to. And 100% of respondents said that AC White was a great place to work. And that for me was probably one of the most rewarding and amazing things that, that, that we could have, have gained through that was to know that, you know, through and amongst all of this chaos and all of the bad, horrendous things that were going on that were affecting people personally, that as long as we could provide that that good positive space for them that, that that was that was something that we could do and it was something that we could control as you say though that that is refreshing to hear that you've got the responsibility of running the business making sure it's successful but then that added impact of or added responsibility of making sure that you're looking after your employees looking after your people making sure that they've got the opportunity to grow but 100% of people saying it's a great place to work must be it's a great shot in the arm you must really you must think about that most days when you start work thinking this is great everybody wants to be here well it's great but you know we we have to you know that that was at a particular point in time and you know the challenge is maintaining that as the business changes as the business grows as lots of other things happen so it's kind of set the benchmark um and don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not taking that lightly i'm not i'm not taking from that that there's nothing that we can't do better or that there's nothing that that you know people want to see more of from us so there was lots of other insights that we took from the survey but i think to know right okay that that that's a really good start point how can we build on that how can we improve certain areas and um, and try and sustain that through the future yeah, good. And do you think this is the kind of age-old question? Do you think that that they're that people are born as natural leaders, or do you think there's the ability to to make people good leaders? Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I think um, when I was younger, and I probably naively thought that you were born with it. Um, uh-huh. And I have learned that there are there are traits that will help you, you know, or, or that there'll be traits that you know, you have to want to do it. You have to, you know, that has to be right for you. You know, it's not it's not right for everyone and it won't suit everyone. Um, but there's also a lot of, of skills and tools and, and things that you learn along the way, um, things that you can work on. And as I say, you know, I don't believe that there is a, a formula to being a good leader. I think there are lots of different components there and, and you know, there are basic things, you know, like I say about caring about people and listening to people that, you know, I, I do think are critical and you have to get that stuff right. Um, but no, I think that, you know, with with the right development and the right kind of basic skill set, I think that it is an opportunity that a lot of people can grow into um, with the right exposure. I would agree. I think, you know, we work with a lot of business leaders and I think getting to getting to know them and, and their style uh, is, is really important. I think there are some clear traits that make, that, that help you get onto the way of that. And I think there's a lot that you can learn um, and, you know, you can look at mentors, inspiring leaders, you can read it in books, but there's probably some key traits, from my view, that really help you get on that ladder and get... Um, Get, get moving on faster or 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 more nat- more naturally as a leader, I suppose. Definitely. And I think there's a big piece there about, I think we really have to look about the way we teach business and, and leadership and um, we have to change that because it, it does suggest a, 
you know, a, a, a defined formula to this and, you know, that you can do it if you, if you tick this, this and this box or if you do it in this particular way or you adopt this approach. The reality is it doesn't work like that. Um, it is complex. People are complex. No business is the same. Um, and it's really about paying attention to all of that and understanding, well, what does this business need and what does this group of people need from me in this role? Um, and I'm sure the way I do the job here at AC White would be different from even how I would necessarily do it in another business because that business may be at a different, a different stage in its own development and might need something different from me. So I think looking at those those basic skills allow you to to adapt and and recognize these things and 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 call on the the skills that are required is more important than than what you're born with yeah absolutely we mentioned um inspiration or mentorship is there is there anyone you look to for inspiration and on leadership and and i suppose in the same question do you have a mentor that you that you that you speak to mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you know, growing up with, with my dad and my family, actually, there's there's some really, you know, good lessons I've learned from my wider family. I think that was my earliest and probably most significant influence. Um, you know, I still go back to a lot of the things that I've learned from my dad over the years as almost a kind of sound check or, or sense check on things. Um, I like to surround myself with as many different examples of 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 leaders and inspiring people as possible but 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 real people um you know i try not to get too caught up in um business uh, speakers or books or you know i think there's a lot of noise out there i think just you know being able to i guess communicate with peers with with people doing a similar job in different industries actually has been really helpful for me so surrounding yourself by just very good but normal people that experience the same challenges that you do I think that's really refreshing to be able to hear that from people that you know can be open and honest with each other about you know what they've experienced and how they've dealt with it I think you learn a lot from those types of conversations so I like to expose myself to a lot of that stuff but then kind of cherry pick I think the things that that resonate with me. So rather than taking a kind of blanket approach to things, it's it's just exposing myself to everything and taking the bits that 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 really are impactful or or talk to me or I think that I can um, relate to my role. The peer-to-peer -peer learning is such a such a valuable thing to have. I mentioned earlier the Entrepreneurial Scotland uh, Saltair leadership courses, and that's exactly what you know I got from that. I think yeah. going back a step when I work with business leaders and clients we work with them sometimes you know it's, it's a lonely spot we get to know business oh, owners leaders etc really well and they confide and think actually it's a, it's a bit of a lonely spot I'm at the top here or, or perceived to be at the top and everybody's looking to you for answers then the staff and people are all looking at you there maybe there's a board that you're answering to right, or a yep. private equity and you know everybody's looking there so to have the opportunity just to chat with peers and almost That's have that well, so you find that part difficult as well. Yeah, me too. Um, quite refreshing. No, it is. It's, it's essential, I would say. And, and I think, you know, there have been times where I have felt quite alone in the job and there's certain things that you think, oh, I can't, I can't speak to anyone about this. What do I do with that? Um, you know, and 
we've been able to speak to people doing a similar job who get it in the same way um, it's really made a massive difference like the, the, the programme you're talking about I decided to join Vistage um, which is a kind of peer-to-peer kind of boards almost um, set up group um, so I've been a member of that for a couple of years now and yet being surrounded by very different types of business leaders but like you say all with that common those common feelings of you know there'll be times where you know you do question a decision you've made or you know there is a problem you think god how how am I gonna how am I gonna deal with this one and having that safe space to be able to talk about it freely and learn from each other and just share those moments of ah emotion or or whatever it is because it's you know we are all human and you can't forget that and the most self-assured, confident people in these roles will still have those moments. And I think we all need to remember that. Absolutely. And do you find then that that's a good space, like a vestige, a peer-to-peer learning course, do you find that as a place where you can genuinely kind of open open up and share share stories, um, share, share, share stories with other peers, yeah? Yeah, I think so. I think I think you need to find the, the thing that's right for you. Um, you know, not all of these forums are going to work for everyone. Um But I think at the stage that I was at in my career, I just needed uh, that kind of safe space to to work through and and learn. And, you know, I'm I'm a big one for personal development, um, you know, for the business and myself. So, you know, there was loads that I wanted to, you know, it's it's kind of that way of you don't know what you don't know. And I needed to know what I didn't know. Um, So surrounding myself with these people, you know, really helped me understand and actually give me confidence in what I was doing, you know, this understand where maybe where my gaps were but also the things that I was doing well that I didn't need to kind of overanalyze or, or overthink so it's definitely given me confidence in that um and it's you know I think that was a point in time thing for me I think I'll probably need something different going forward and some of what I've been able to develop in my senior team and in the business will actually start to probably replace that for me because I've got some really really good senior people around me now that 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 we can have like these conversations internally that I probably couldn't have had um, five or six years ago. Good. So you're kind of replacing that peer-to-peer part with uh, internally with people more more sort of uh, people that would be more of a confidant for you to share Definitely. ideas. Yep. I'll never stop reaching out to those, you know, outside the business. But I think it's um, it's good to have those very honest conversations with those in your business as well. It really does strengthen your senior team. So when you're bringing people in then and uh, to the business, these people that you're talking about there, what, what are the key traits you're looking for mm-hmm. for hiring a new employee, whether it's at I suppose senior level or whatever within it, what are the key traits you look for? Yeah, I mean, when I'm in terms of, I guess, selecting for, for new positions, um, we do try to uh, recruit internally initially. So we, you know, we've, we've got a really, really good track record of, of people progressing through the business. I mean, our, our construction director started off as a, a joiner with the business and moved through the various levels. Our contracts manager started as a, a driver with the business. So we've got some yeah, really good experience of where that's that's worked well. So that would probably be, you know, the first port of call would be to looking at the business and all the people we've got here to see whether that there is that right fit or whether, you know, over time somebody could develop into that space kind of back to what I was talking about is, you know, everyone having a path for development, whether that be, you know, just in terms of, you know, the variety within their role or personal development or else progression within the business. Um, But when we're looking for external, um, 
it really has to come down to the person. Um, I think experience is great and there's certain roles where it's essential that, that, that somebody has that experience. But but what I find, and particularly with this business, is that they have to be, they have to get the culture. They have to get why we do what we do. Um, of course, add to that and supplement that with all the stuff and skills that they've got. But at the heart of it, be aligned with our values um, and our kind of purpose and I guess have a similar a similar drive. Um, there are certain characteristics that I know just don't work with the business. Um, and, I, and I've I've kind of got better at recognizing that at interview stages where you know might be a really good person, but they're just not right for this business. Absolutely. Um, I completely agree. I mean there, when we when we work with clients, it's you know, it's all about trying to find that that cultural piece that you know you can there's always no matter how detailed or role profile or requirements are looking for there's always people that can do that role but I think going back to what you mentioned earlier that that time in the business's uh, path with people that can fit that that are ready for that and that can fit the culture and that's the thing that uh, is a difficult thing to find I think everybody strives to find that because you know like it or not people go to an interview with their best suit on best you know dress whatever uh, look in the part big smiles handshakes that their world could be falling apart outside of that but they're going to turn up and put their best brave face on so trying to get under that and find out the real person that's the that's the key thing i suppose absolutely as a challenge and i think to have you know the confidence to pick up on those very subtle um things as well that might be a giveaway at interview um but i love you know and, it, and it's terrible actually but practically everyone I encounter in my life you know when they make an impact on me I think wow I'd love to have you <laughs> you know when you see that you know your values are aligned and and you know there's certain traits that that, that you you know may become apparent I think oh, you know so it just kind of goes in the mind of if the right opportunity comes up you know I'd love to I'd love to come back to you it's, it's really interesting to see that passion kind of your eyes light up with that there because that's exactly as a you know as, as an executive search business that's what we love we love to be able to put people in a room together and be kind of brave and bold to say right let's you you could actually I think there's a cultural fit here you guys could there's some good chemistry um and you know that works a lot of the time sometimes it doesn't we'll be honest and you think yeah. uh, that that wasn't great but I love exactly to get that where people do that and they, they hit it off and you think do you know what you could do a number of things in this business and um yeah it's, it's really rewarding to get that part Yes, and it's funny when when I'm doing interviews now, <laughs> my colleagues have realised that I have a particular smile that I do when we're interviewing a candidate, and it's and I'm really happy with, <laughs> you know, you just get that feeling that this is exciting. You know, we've found somebody really good here, so they kind of it's almost like the smile test. They, they, they can see it in the face. I love it. Don't take up poker. I think you would maybe lose money. <laughs> no, I know I would be rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. And it, it, going back to what we talked about, the, the kind of pro- professional development for yourself, etc. You mentioned the book side of things. Do you read any books in leadership? I tend not to. I love to read, but I tend to read um, books that allow me to switch off. So it tends to be kind of fiction, crime, you know, completely different stuff that um, I read before I go to bed. Um, but I, I do, I, I do try and surround myself with different things. As I say, through the the Vistage platform, I've had access to some really, you know, inspirational and you know, really, really good speakers that have, um, you know, provided some really good tools or mechanisms that that have have maybe kind of caught my attention or 
um, you know, various webinars and, you know, that kind of thing. So I do expose myself to it. Um, but as I was kind of mentioning earlier, you know, I, I do like to kind of just cherry pick the bits that, that kind of resonate with me that feel right with our business. And we tend to kind of, if we do find a model, you know, it might even be a, you know, a business plan model or just something that we, that we really like, we tend to take that back into the business and say, right, how do we make this work for us? So we'll always kind of adapt these things to um, to be appropriate for, for us. I think you're right. Looking at reading novels on, uh, reading books on leadership uh, at bedtime when you've been, you know, reading, working hard all day, to, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing to, you've got to have a decent balance, you know, and as you said as well, with a, with a three and a six-year-old at home, you know, to be working all day and then sit down and start reading about leadership theory and practice and think, you know, time for a break, you know, let's read something that can allow you to escape and uh, and, and uh, get a good night's sleep, perhaps. Exactly. No, I think my head would explode if I, <laughs> if I tried yeah. to cram any more in. Yeah. And actually, sometimes I think the most, oh, what would I say, you know, some of the real light bulb moments can come when actually you are in that place of, relaxation or downtime where you're giving your brain some time to think to relax and that's when the clarity can come on certain certain issues um so yeah you need you need to give your head space as well i think i completely agree if, if i have an issue that we're looking to uh, to solve in the business if i sat down with a blank sheet of paper and just locked myself in the room and said right can get get this sorted out it would never come to me whereas i i always i'm uh, a big exercise junkie so if I'm out running or cycling or swimming, that's when I tend to find that, that that comes to me when I'm not thinking about it, but it kind of pops into my head and think, why don't you do it? Well, that would be interesting. And uh, probably the rest of my team would tell you that, that there's maybe every idea I come up with, there's maybe 90% of nonsense and maybe something in there that's <laughs> decent. But that's the bit that I was looking to find. So, And, and I don't find that personally in leadership books um, or anything. I find it when I'm exercising and it kind of pops into my head. So, Yeah. It is, and it's, it's remembering that you know your business better than anyone. So whilst you do need to be challenged on your thought at times, you also need to trust trust yourself and trust your gut on certain things. Going back to the your industry, your business, and obviously coming through, you've described an amazing experience of of running the business through this this period of, of 2020 and the, and the pandemic, um, a lot of stress testing in the business and being hit financially. What does the future look like for for you, for AC White, and, and I suppose also for, for the industry as well? Yeah, I mean, it's we're, we're very well placed at the moment. And I think, as I say, you know, this last year has really brought that to the fore. Um, you know, construction, particularly energy efficiency, you know, really is at the heart of the, the economic recovery. So, you know, we're, we're well positioned to be able to um, respond to that um, and are, you know, have really ambitious, I would say measured, um, but ambitious growth plans in place to be able to, um, to really grow into that, um, you know, future solution. Um, we hope for for what the the industry and the clients and and policy is going to need from us. You know, we're 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 in a time where, you know, the focus on energy efficiency and that drive to net zero 
is really going to ramp up over the next um, the next few decades, and we have to be well positioned to be able to to deliver not just the the needs of the world now, but what that's going to look like over over that period of time. Um, so we've kind of used the last year to to do a lot of research and planning and, and development. So we've got some really good plans in place now that we're we're now looking to to implement on. Um, so see the business will be growing. Um, and there's lots of exciting, exciting things coming. Fantastic. It's great to hear that, you know, working across all sectors and all disciplines, some businesses um, are, in, are in sectors where they've had a real decline through the mm-hmm. pandemic and they're now this is their opportunity to ramp back up. Others like, like yours, you know, you've been um, battling through it and, and stress testing. Uh, but it's great to hear that, you, you know, in the construction environment is, is positive. And as you mentioned, with the energy efficiency side, it seems like a really good place for you to to implement your ambitious and, and measured growth plans. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the context is there and the opportunity is there. Um, but there's also opportunity to fix some of the, the problems that exist within the construction industry. You know, there is a there's a shortage of, of certain trades and we're kind of using our growth plans to help address some of that. So we, we've just launched our second skills academy this year, um, which is already, you know, we're already um, have plans for expansion on um, because the, the bit that the bit that I would say I'm probably most passionate about is that job creation piece um, and how we can positively impact that and how we can take a different approach and create, you know, good green new jobs for people, local jobs for people. Um, so kind of, you know, almost centered around that kind of 20 minute neighborhood approach where where people are are living, working, you know, training within their own environment to be able to deliver the works that that we'll be doing with with maximum impact. Um, so it's really again focused us on on that as a key area. So so our skills academy will be central to all of our development plans. We plan to expand that. We 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 plan to create new training and job opportunities for people in lots of different areas. Um, and it's probably given us that real purpose, you know, and, and focus on what's important. Um, to drive us into the future. Great. Jennifer, thank you very much for taking the time uh, to chat with me. I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you, learning all about your your early career and through to uh, taking over the, the, the family business and the success that you're having today. And it looks very much like you're in a, in a good place. You've got great plans to go forward. So I wish you all the very best. And thank you again for taking the time to, to chat with us. Mm-hmm.